Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Worship on the Air from the United Presbyterian Church of Rice Lake with Pastor Chris McCurdy. We take you now to worship. Welcome to worship for this Sunday, August the 30th. I want to give a special shout out to Lillian McCurdy, thanking her for her work in filming this worship service that's brought to you this week. She did an excellent job, and I'm so glad that she was able to help out and contribute to the worship service. Now, if you would like to contribute to the worship service, there's a lot of different things you can do. First of all, we're on the radio now, so if you would like to sponsor a worship service, you can uh, sponsor a worship service and give a shout out for someone's anniversary, uh, someone's birthday, whatever the case may be. You can sponsor our worship so that it goes on the radio and reaches the people on Sunday morning. Also, if you would like to do special music, you can let the church office know that you are ready and willing to uh, contribute your musical talents to the worship process. And since everything's being pre-recorded, all you have to do is set up a time with me um, and come by the church sometime during the week. And we can um, take your talents, put them on the worship service, and have a real contribution to God and uh, what's going on. So if you would like to help with the worship process, reading scripture, uh, giving words of welcome, passing of the peace, sponsor worship, or add your musical talents to it, let me know and we can do a better job of putting this together as what our offerings to God are. Now let us worship God together. Good morning, everybody. This is Suzanne and Ned Wolf, and um, we're happy to be contributing to today's service. Uh, we certainly miss seeing everybody in person. It's been really a hardship with this COVID. Ned and I try to look at the bright side of things, and one silver lining has been we've been able to spend six weeks with our seven-month-old grandson uh, when they were here uh, in Rice Lake with Laura and her husband working from home. So that was a silver lining for us. And um, I'll let <clears throat> Ned update I was just going to say, a number of you know, I suppose that I retired January 15th. More than one person has said, you picked the perfect time to retire. And uh, that is true. Um, I was looking forward to uh, church activities and such being a, a bigger part of my life now that I have more time. And so this whole uh, COVID sheltering and such has changed that a bit, but it's still uh, wonderful to get together with you via the link, and uh, I'm I am enjoying retirement in terms of uh, the outdoors and such. So it's been a good time, as Suzanne has said. So with that, uh, we'll welcome you to worship.
and welcome to worship. I want to invite you now to join me in the call to worship, which you will see on your screen. But if you're listening in on the radio, just focus in on the words that are being said today. Join me. This place for us is holy ground. This place where we sing songs of praise to the Lord and repeat the stories of faith that inspire us to respond to Christ's love. God called us here in whispering winds and in burning flames, and with his presence disarms us of the barriers that we have placed around us. Instead, God meets us in our vulnerability, our humanity. Let us worship God together. Our first hymn this Sunday is hymn number 476 in the Presbyterian hymnal, O Worship the King, All Glorious Above. come now to a time of confession, a time of lifting our hearts before the Lord, of sharing the things that are bothering us, of sharing the things that we feel hold us back from fully being able to accept God's grace into our hearts. I want to invite you during this time, if you're listening on the radio, to think for a time of the things that are bothering you, to confess your own sins, your personal sins the ones that you feel have held you back. If you are joining us uh, video via our video worship, I want to invite you to read the prayer of confession silently to yourself so that when we pray it together, it can be more your own. Let us pray to the Lord together.
invite you now to pray with me. The Pharaoh decrees death to the foreigner. The power of fear and hate, rage, all these things surround us. In the face of evil, we would ask God to forgive our complacency. The burning bush flickers beside us, and the presence of God invites us into the presence of the holy. Forgive us and our lack of notice. The Red Sea waters stand at attention. The threshold of grace is breathtaking in the company of grace. Forgive us when we refuse to embrace this holy event. Dear God, forgive us, we pray. Hear now this assurance of pardon. The blazing fire of God's presence refines us, but in mercy it does not destroy us. God does not repay evil for evil, but comes to deliver us and restore us to life. Sisters and brothers, your sins are forgiven. Be at peace. Hey kids, we are doing another song this week, so make sure you're in a good place where you can hear and you can see what's going on. The new song that I want to share with you this week is I've Got Peace Like a River. I've Got Peace Like a River is a great, easy song for us to sing that reminds us of the gifts that God gives us and that we can use in the rest of the world to share the love of God with others. So it's a really simple song. And one of my favorite parts about it is it has really simple motions that you can make up as you go along. So I'll start singing and I'll start doing some motions and see if you can join me in doing those things. Okay? I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean, I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. Great job, great job singing along. I hope that you can remember that song and maybe as you're going through things, you can remember it and it sticks in your head and you just kind of sing it with you all day because these are great gifts that God has given each of us. Thank you so much.
All right, kids, you stay right there. We're going to go right into the message. The message today is talking about how Moses was told by God to go and tell the people that God loved them and that God was going to save them. It's an important message, and God wanted Moses to be the one to give it to the people. So God appeared in a burning bush. And that bush was on fire, but the bush wasn't burning up. And God spoke from the bush, telling Moses to go and tell the people that he was going to save them. Now Moses, that's a big job. That is a huge job for Moses. And Moses was being told to go into this land to tell the Pharaoh of Egypt that he needed to let the Hebrew people go. And that's scary. Not only is it a huge, big job, but it's also something that he didn't feel like he was prepared to do. Up to this point, he had been a farmer. He was taking care of sheep in the hills. And now he was go told to go and speak to Pharaoh? That's a huge job, and he wasn't ready for it. So he looks at God, and he says, Nope, I can't do it. I don't even know what I would say. I have no idea what I would do. I, it just can't be done. Pick somebody else. But God tells Moses that he picked him, not because he was so great at everything, but because he was the one who God wanted. Now, the thing about that story is that God still does that today. He may not light a bush on fire. He may not speak from the heavens. But there are times that God will ask us to do things either greet somebody, maybe tell someone that they are valuable, that we love them, that they are important to us, whatever the case may be, God directs us to go and do things to help other people. And sometimes we don't want to do it because it may seem scary or it may be too big or it may be you don't really like talking to people because you never know what to say. But that doesn't change that God is asking you to do these good things. And that also means that God will help you while you're doing them, that he will give you the words to say, that he will make it so that you choose the right choices. So try when you see something in front of you, when you see that God might be asking you to do something, don't think of all the reasons why you can't do it. Because God will be there and he'll help you through those things. Instead, think about how amazing it is that God chose you to do something for God, for those people, and for God's kingdom. I hope that you remember that, especially as we are starting school and getting back into things. Keep your eyes open for what God might ask you to do next. Thank you all so much. Peace. Today's reading is Moses and the Burning Bush, and it comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. 
This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob have sent you me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Thank you to Ned and Suzanne for uh, reading our scripture this morning. And our scripture um, is um, a known one, uh, a scripture passage which a lot of people uh, can recognize as it is so iconic. God calling Moses to free the Hebrews to free the nation of Israel from the cruel oppression of the Egyptians. When you see the story, it has so many great lessons in it, so many lessons that can teach us a lot about call, a lot about the ways in which God might direct you on where to go, and it tells us a lot about ourselves in how Moses responds. The iconic feature of the story is the burning bush, is God is there present with Moses on top of the mountain, and he chooses to take the image of a powerful and deep flame that's inside of this bush, that's not consuming it, but there's a voice coming from it directing where Moses should go next. And the thing that this teaches me, and the thing that makes me relate to this passage right away, 
is God is in this place where he's showing this image. He's showing himself in a way that, frankly, can't be ignored. And yet Moses, seeing the direction that God has called him to, waffles a little bit, holds back, says, I can't do that. And his reasons are specific to who he is and the fears that he has. But it reminds me very much of who we are when we encounter God's calling, when we encounter what it is that God will say. We oftentimes will respond in fear, wondering if we're good enough, wondering if we can get that specific job done. And think about what Moses is responding to. A flame in a bush on top of a mountain, and the voice of God coming from it. God is calling Moses specifically. God has sought Moses out. That burning bush, Moses wasn't directed to go there and see this amazing thing that's happening. The burning bush appears where Moses is and calls him. Think about how oftentimes in our lives we have confusion about where it is that we want to go, about how it is that we want to progress. We have options in front of us, and it's not uncommon to hear the phrase, if God would only show me a sign, then I would know. Then I could do what I know God was calling me to do. I hope this story instructs us that it's not the sign that's important for the story. Moses sees it and he responds probably the same way as if he had a nagging little thought in his head. Like us, going through our daily tasks. And we see something in front of us and we get the impression that God would be calling us to do that. And we begin to come up with and renumerate excuses. Why it can't be done. Why that's obviously not what God wants. When God specifically sends the voice to us, where we are. And it reminds us of Jesus' ministry when he would go from village to village, from area to area, performing these miracles. And inevitably, after one miracle, the crowds would call on Jesus to show another one. And another one, show me a sign, Lord. Show me what it is that I should be doing. And Jesus correctly calls them out on the pathway saying, I could show you signs all day and you're still going to have questions. You're still going to lose your faith as you approach whatever it is that God has called you to be. So the thing in the story that's truly remarkable isn't the burning bush. It isn't this flame coming from the bush with the voice of God coming out of it, telling Moses what it is that he should be doing. That's not particularly remarkable because God calls all of us. We have all been called by God to go and to do over and over again. And it's not particularly remarkable that Moses responds saying, I don't know what I would say, speaking with fear about what it is that could come next. It's not remarkable because that's a common response, a response that I've had many times, a response that I know many in our congregation have struggled with. We see the work of God in front of us, 
and we think about all the ways that it won't work, all the ways that we can't make that happen. The remarkable thing, and the thing that we can remember, the thing that we should remember on this journey, as we're called to these things, is God's promise about going with Moses to Pharaoh. You don't have to have the words for this, Moses, because I will give them to you. You don't have to worry about what the journey will look like because I will be right there beside you. You don't have to come up and think about excuses and to tell me, God, the creator of the universe, the one who placed you on this earth, the one who knows you better than you know yourself, that you're not up for the task because I'm God and I know you are up for the task. And even if you weren't, I'm going with you. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you the words to speak, and I will be right there by your side. It's remarkable in this story. It's the remarkable characteristic about who Jesus is. God with us, Emmanuel. And so if you're going to remember anything from this story, if you're going to remember anything from this scripture passage about what it teaches us and who we are, Remember the lesson that God goes with you. That when you receive the call of God, it's not important to think about how you were called or even what you were called to. But that God goes with you in that place. That God will chase after you, empower you, strengthen you, and feed you along the journey. So the next time you hear the call of God, whether it be a booming voice coming from this great fire, whether it be a nagging thought in the back of your head about something you should be doing, or whether it's before and you're looking at these choices and wondering which way you should go, the important thing to remember, the thing that is always true and the thing that God presents to us again and again and again is that fear isn't a part of what comes next because God goes with us no matter where it is that he has called us to be. If we can take that with us day to day, if we can get up in the morning if we can look at our day that lies before us, knowing what it is that we have coming up, and no matter what it is, no matter what's going on, if there's a global pandemic, if there seems to be fighting and violence all over the world, if the pain and anguish and fear and death that we see all around us on a day-to-day -day basis, and you say to yourself at the beginning, God's with me. God has my back. Well, that kind of changes how it looks. That changes how we respond to these things. That changes a lot. It's true, you know. God is with you. Whether you're in your pajamas sitting on the couch listening to this now, whether you're looking at your day and you're saying, how am I going to get this done? Whether you're looking at a family that's been torn apart by disagreements and pain and anguish. 
or you're looking at a world stage where you don't know how a solution will come from it. Doesn't matter. God goes with us. Peace. I want you to think about for just a minute where this week you have put your time, your money, or any other resource that you have at your disposal. Oftentimes we try to shore up ourselves to build safety and security into who we are and what it is that we're trying to create. And we forget that we are grateful to God for everything that we had at the beginning. So I want to take this opportunity to invite you to give your tithes and your gifts over to God. There are lots of ways to do this. You can go online, check out our website and give there. You can mail us a check in the mail, or you can um, stop by the church office at any point and just leave it for us um, to pick up. Any of these things all point us into the same direction, where we chose to take what we have and give it over to God's kingdom so that others would know about the love of Jesus Christ. Let us give these gifts not because we owe it, but because we are grateful for what God Brothers and sisters, we come now to a time of prayer, a time of lifting our hearts before the Lord. During this time, I want to encourage you to lift up your heart, to pray for the needs that you see in our community or in your own family, to pray for the needs that you have in your own heart and the ways that you want God to guide you. And I want to encourage you to join along in this prayer. I will lead us in prayer and pray for specific things, but I will break up the prayer into sections, and between each section I will say, Gracious God, hear our prayer, and in your love answer. And I encourage you to say those words with me, so that when we are doing this, it doesn't seem like I'm around here by myself, but that we're all together calling out to God, in our time of need. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, in love you created us, and in love you sustain us day after day. So it is with confidence that we bring our prayers to you, knowing that you hear us and you will respond. We pray for the world around us, for the many who continue to suffer and call out to help. For those without enough to eat everywhere around the world. For those caught up in violence and political uprisings. For those picking up the pieces after natural disasters. And for those desperate to find work to support their families. Gracious God, hear our prayer and in your love, answer. We also pray for family and friends who are suffering those who are struggling both physically and emotionally, for those working to overcome mental illness, for those facing challenges at home or at work, and for those grieving today for the loss of those who they love so much. Gracious God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. God, you have called us to pray for our enemies, to bless rather than curse those who are deliberately seeking to harm us. 
we bring their names before you now. Those who have hurt us physically or emotionally, those who have stolen from us or cheated us what is rightfully ours, or turned our friends against us, we ask you to bless them. Open our hearts so that we may see them as you see them, and to be able to respond to them in your love. Gracious God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. We pray for your church around the world, that it would be a living demonstration of your coming kingdom, offering hospitality to all, ready to help in times of need, showing love to both friends and enemies alike, seeking to live in peace with everyone. Gracious God, hear our prayer, and in your love, answer. God, we praise you for your faithful love and for the mercy you have shown towards us. Open our eyes to recognize your presence in our lives. Give us the grace to hear your call and the courage to follow without hesitation, knowing that your way is the only way that leads to life. In the name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord, we all pray together. Amen. Our closing hymn this week is hymn number 388 in the Presbyterian hymnal, O Jesus, I Have Promised.
hear now this benediction and know that you are blessed coming from this place to wherever life takes you this week. God's children still suffer, whether from famine, natural disaster, poverty, or violence. Like Moses, we too are called by God to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, to speak against injustice and inequality, to speak against political and economic powers of this world, which continue to enslave the poor and the powerless. Like Moses, we do not go alone, but in the strength of God who calls us, we go together and with God who sent us. So go now, in confidence and with hope, knowing that the great I Am goes with you.